the night the angels came, announcing peace to those with whom God is pleased. They couldn't have broken the quiet land in a more unexpected way. Hosts of angels lighting up the sky, trumpeting the good news, shattering the silence with praise and glory to God. How else would a Messiah be announced? Except instead of riding the white horse dressed in royal robes, we found you on the outskirts of a crowded town, given the last remnant of space, wrapped in a leftover cloth. And the least regarded citizens, lowly shepherds gathered under a dark sky, were charged with the glorious announcement of your birth. This is the peace that passes all understanding, the promise of a different kind of life offered with shalom, freely offered to build bridges between our lives and your kingdom in the most extraordinary ways. Amen. Good morning, Brian family. It's good to see you all this morning. I want you to consider two hypothetical people. Uh, you can probably relate to one or both of them in some way. Maybe they'll remind you of someone. Maybe they'll remind you of yourself. I'm going to try not to knock candles off. They, we would have a battery fire in the front or something. Um, the first one, let's call him Bill. Bill, you work with Bill. Uh, every day you go in and see him. There's something always bothering Bill. He, he's worked up about something. All the time. Every time you talk to him, you see Bill coming and you think, I wonder what's wrong with Bill today. And Bill comes up and he complains and he complains and he complains. And he talks about other people. He's frustrated all of the time. How do you feel after the encounter with Bill? Do you go, well, that feels nice. Or do you think, I wish I could avoid Bill, because every time I talk to Bill, by the way, if your name is Bill, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a hypothetical Bill. Your wife didn't call me and ask me to talk. No, do you feel like, man, I, I love spending time with Bill, because every time he leaves, I just feel so at peace and at ease. Or do you catch some of what Bill has? Now let's talk about Scott. Scott's another a gentleman that you uh, work with. Maybe he's a family member. Every time you see Scott, no matter what's going on, he's unflappable. There's something about the guy. He's just calm all of the time. He, he has this inner peace that you're just like, I don't know how Scott can maintain his composure because regardless of what's happening, Scott seems pretty chill. Maybe you know somebody like Scott. How much more do you want to spend time with Scott than with Bill? When something's going on in your life and you have a problem or, or a situation that is, is, is hard for you to uh, manage or, or you're not really sure what to do, do you want to go talk to Scott or do you want to go talk to Bill? You see, Bill's going to relate to you, right? If you complain to Bill, he's going to be like, oh, let me tell you, I know what you mean because, and then he's going to carry on and on and on. Scott's going to listen to you and probably give you some sound advice in his calmness and in his peace. Here's something I want to say early in this message, because we are going to be talking about peace today. 
both the abundance of peace and the lack of peace in your life, both of them are contagious. Both of them are contagious. And I think you know what I mean, because if you're around those people who just have this calm, it helps you kind of get that same calm and that same peace. And if you're around those people who are always in the storm, you walk away exhausted, feeling like you're also in the storm. Both the lack of peace and the abundance of peace are both contagious. But that kind of peace, either way, or the lack of it or the abundance of it, are both temporary. God sent His Son Jesus. This is December. We're looking towards Christmas. I saw none of you were ready when Kelly asked who was ready for Christmas after she announced that she was my boss. Um, Hi, Kelly. There, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wrong Kelly, he says. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. Where, where is Scott when I need him? <laughs> Both of those kind of peace that you would receive, the lack of it or the abundance, when it's from somebody else, it's temporary. God sent his son Jesus... God sent His Son Jesus so that we might have peace. Peace with God, peace with others, peace in our lives. Now, it's one of those already and not yet kind of uh, propositions where uh, Jesus is coming into this world. His first coming, His incarnation, Him becoming man, didn't immediately stop wars, did they? Did it? In fact, they're going to continue on and even pick up in pace. But there's the already part of that promise of God sending His Son Jesus to give us peace that as followers of Jesus Christ on earth as it is in heaven, we can have peace in our lives. This kind of peace that I talk about is non-circumstantial. It's one of the, I think, one of the greatest promises of God to His children for today. That while there will be trouble in this world, and there will be trouble in this world, Amen? We can have peace because of the indwelling Holy Spirit because God has sent His Son Jesus to come dwell among man. We already looked at today in our Advent candle, uh, the reading is Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to go back there uh, and look at verses 2 through 7 uh, for our text today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. While you turn, would you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. We thank you for laughter. We thank you for children who are coming up and singing your word, putting your word to music and singing it and doing the motions. And it's, a, it's such a wonderful thing to see. God, I pray that you will hide your word on their hearts. God, as we go to your word this morning, I pray the same for all of us, that you would hide your word in our hearts. That you would give us your peace which surpasses all understanding today. This world it seems crazy and getting crazier. It's busy. It's, it's chaotic. There's so many things there in competition with our peace. God, we pray that for everybody in here, everybody watching online that is a follower of you, that they will experience your peace in a new way today. And God, for those who are living outside outside of following you, Lord, 
that have not received peace through you, I pray that today will be the most special day of their lives as they accept you as their Lord and Savior. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of, this, of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The, the, I, I can't not say something. <laughs> I'm going to focus in on a little bit verse 6 here. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This text was written something like a little bit over 700 years prior to the birth of Christ. Over 700 years before this would be fulfilled, God inspires the prophet Isaiah to write down these words. Knowing what was going on in the world, what was happening then with Isaiah, and then what was going to be happening in the future, God inspires Isaiah to write these words that would be fulfilled in the coming of Jesus 700 or more years later. This word peace, by the way, shalom, you may have heard people greeting each other with shalom. It means peace, uh, uh, safety, uh, completeness, health, uh, satisfaction are all ways it can be translated, this, this, this idea of shalom. Again, the peace that we get from one another and, and the peace that we can kind of draw into our own lives is all temporary. This shalom of God is eternal. The shalom of God is eternal. There's some things I want us to notice in our text today, but there's some things I want us to be able to walk away with this morning as well that will hopefully cause us to live in that shalom and that peace of God. But the first thing I want to point out is this. There is something missing in the church today. I believe there is something missing in the church today. I, I've shared this story before. I told you I've been here long enough now for reruns. And here's another one for you. Uh, several years ago when I was working in Texas, I was a union representative. Again, I'm probably the first ever UAW representative turned pastor. Uh, there, there's not a lot of us out there. Uh, there's just a couple of us maybe. I might be the first one. I'm not sure. But we had this meeting. There was this guy, Alan, Alan Margolis. Alan Margolis was a little guy, a little Jewish guy, not very big at all. But he had an anger problem. And, and multiple times he'd get sent up front to talk to uh, 
uh, management and labor relations and his union representative to come up with a plan to figure out what are we going to do with Alan. Well, now Alan is in my district, and he's one of my guys and, frankly, one of my problems. And we had this instance where these upper management guys were walking through and touring the plant, and Alan thought this would be a good idea to try out some new curse words, and he just starts yelling at these guys, right? Just randomly. Of course, they stop, and they have a problem with Alan, so they sent him up front. So here I am with labor relations, with upper management, and me as a, as a, a representative of Alan Margolis. And in this conversation, it comes out that Alan has already gone to anger management class, and the group decides, you know what we need to do? We need to send Alan to, to anger management class again, because, you know, it did so much work the first time. So they go around this table, and I don't know, there's seven or eight people in there, and uh, um, everybody's agreeing and signing off, and they get to me, and by the way, before I finish this story, I need to warn you, if you pray every day that God will give you an opportunity to use you and to share your faith with somebody else, be prepared because it could happen. This is one of those times where I really didn't make have any plans, it's just the words come out of my mouth, and it gets to me in front of, again, if you know if you know uh, big companies, there's certain things you can't talk about. But management, labor relations, union rep, Alan Margolis, a small Jewish guy, and it comes to me, and I, the words out of my mouth are, Alan, if you ever want to have peace in your heart, you have to accept Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And then I thought, how am I going to tell Kelly I'm fired? <laughs> <laughs> so Alan slams his hand down, gets up and walks out, storms out of the room, to which I figured I might as well follow him. What else, could, what else could I do at this point, right? So I get up and I follow Alan. We have a, this long conversation outside. The rest is kind of not relevant for this particular story. But he, here's what I believe. If you want peace in your heart, it starts with accepting Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. That's where it starts. You have to have a relationship with him. Otherwise, peace is one of those things that's going to be like a feeling. It's going to come and go and be dependent on who you're around and what your circumstances are. As soon as something goes bad, your peace is going to be robbed from you. But that peace that comes from Christ and having a relationship with him, that's something that is always there. I want to have this mentality in this church. I want us to be a peaceful people. I want us to live in the fullness of God. You see, because I believe that the church is being robbed of her peace in so many ways. I believe that the church is almost like the outside world when it comes to the amount of peace that we have in far too many cases. I believe that we are being robbed of our peace and we don't have to be. And when I say the church, I'm not just talking about all of you. I'm talking about in my own life. I think we need to learn to fight to have peace in our lives because it's a gift that we have through the Holy Spirit of God. But if we are not walking with him regularly, we are missing out completely. Think about this text, the way it starts off. The people in chapter 9, verse 2 in Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Does this describe at all your coming to Christ? Does this describe at all a situation in your life or when you first put your faith in Christ? You see, I think about my life, and there's probably a couple times that this causes me to think about. 
One of them, when I was in rebellion, I had already accepted Jesus to be my Lord, but I was in rebellion. I wasn't following him at all, and my life was becoming a mess. I was suffering from anxiety. I was suffering from depression. I was getting to be, I'm an extroverted person. I was getting to be, I didn't want to see people. If I was in a crowd, if there's anything going on, I was starting to feel really anxious. Terrible feelings. I wasn't experiencing at all the peace of God. In fact, even though I was born into the light, I had turned my back on that light and I was walking in darkness. And that feeling of deep darkness was palpable. Maybe you know that feeling. Maybe you know that feeling of walking in spiritual darkness to the point where you can just feel it. It feels like you're wearing the darkness. Could be that you're here just to watch somebody uh, or your grandchild in the, in, the, in, the, in the choir this morning, but if you're honest, right now even, you're feeling that, that you're in the darkness. Can I tell you some of the good news is this, you don't have to remain there. A great light has come into this world. And light always defeats darkness. Maybe today will be that day for you. Of course, Isaiah in this text is prophesying about the Jews being in the land of deep darkness and God sending his Messiah, the light, to come and defeat that darkness. But again, I want you to think a moment of these words, the land of deep darkness. Actually comes from the uh, Hebrew, that, the deep darkness that we have in the text here comes from one Hebrew word, which, which can also be translated as gloom. Just in this gloom. For whatever the reason, Christmas comes and some of you just can't wait. You're like little kids. Somewhere about six months ago, you started your Christmas countdown. You're playing Christmas music in June or July and annoying everybody else in your car and in your home. I see people looking at other people right now. But there are others. There are others who see this date on the calendar and it gets a pit in their stomach. Because one, what once was this moment of hope and of joy and excitement has become this moment now of depression and anxiety because maybe somebody who is very important to you won't be there with you for this Christmas. The magic, as they say, is lost and you don't have peace. And right now, you're affected by a deep darkness or a gloom. I want to tell you, even as a follower of Christ, I walk through that season in my life. And I want to tell you, there is hope that it can become special to you once again. There is hope that you can be back in the light, not feeling that deep darkness anymore. There is hope that you can have peace beyond all understanding. Regardless of your situation, you can have that hope that one day you also will have peace, and maybe that will be today. Now the key to my finding peace in my life and escaping the deep darkness was understanding who God is and how I ought to relate to Him. I grew up with the fear of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord is good, obviously, but I was terrified. I thought at any moment God might strike me down because of the life that I had lived. I thought that God was just so disappointed in me. And then when I came across the scripture describing him as Abba, Father, Daddy, Father, as a dad I began to see God differently. That he was a forgiving God. That he was a loving God. That he was a merciful God. That he is for you. 
Would you just say that to yourself, not out loud, but in your heart right now, that God is for me? Believing that can change everything. See, if you start believing that God is for you, what can't you face? What can't you face? Your God is for you. God sent his son Jesus, the Messiah, to bring peace to earth, the already and not yet fulfilled prophecy. And that includes peace in the church and peace in our individual lives. You can have peace in your life regardless of what's happening. This passage in Isaiah gives some descriptors or names of God to, de to describe who he was sending, this Jesus. And I believe that they will help bring peace to our lives. And we're going to spend the next couple of minutes looking at them. First one is this. We need to learn to relate to God as our wonderful counselor. Learn to relate to God as this wonderful counselor. By the way, the Hebrew word for counselor, counselor literally means counselor. There you go. You got that one. Or someone who gives advice about problems. Somebody who is there with you to help you walk through problems. God sent Jesus to this earth to take on flesh, to dwell with man as a wonderful counselor. And then as Jesus ascends into heaven, he sends what? His comforter to be a counselor, to be there with you, to help walk you through problems in your life. Now I want to say a side note here, a human counselor can be a wonderful gift and a necessary help to navigate the trials of this life. And I encourage you, if you think at all that you might need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. But a fair warning is I would encourage you to go to Christian counseling. You need to go to Christian counseling, somebody that knows the Word of God that can help you in that way. A human counselor can be a wonderful gift and a necessary help in your life. But we also have access to this wonderful counselor. My question is this, are you going to him to help you make sense of things? Are you going to him to bring you peace in times of chaos and troubles? Psalm 32, 8 says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Once again in your heart, say this, God is for me. And then say this, God is with me. We need to rehearse these things in our hearts because sometimes what we know we forget. Or what's up here doesn't trickle down into here. Your God is for you. Your God is with you. Our God is your wonderful counselor. And this can bring us incredible amounts of peace. But if God's counsel, or man's for that matter, is going to be useful to you, you must be willing to follow that counsel. You see, you can get all the greatest advice, all the best hugs, all the best comfort, be around the best people, but if you're not willing to follow good and godly counsel, it won't be much use to you. You must be ready, and, uh, uh, ready to be willing to follow the counsel of God. Psalm 32, 8, again, I'm going to read that, but then I'm going to read the following verse 9 as well. I will instruct you to teach you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Now listen. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding which must be curbed with a bit and bridle or it will be or will not stay near you what does that mean a horse you have to put the bridle and the bit in its mouth to what to control them because they don't always just do what you ask them to do 
If you remember a couple of years ago, I had a cast on for several months because they don't always just do what you ask them to do. See, the psalmist says, don't be like a horse or a mule where you have to have a, a bridle and a bit in your mouth. Be willing. Be willing to follow the counsel of God if it's going to be any of use to you in your life. If you're going to experience the peace of God, you must be willing to do as he asks you to do. I think all too often we want all of the, the great gifts of God, but we don't want to surrender or submit to him. And then we look to God and say, God, why don't I have peace in this season of my life? I feel like I'm lost. I'm experiencing this deep darkness. I'm not going to do what you ask, but shouldn't you just fix this in me? That sounds ridiculous, but guys, we do it, don't we? We do that. God will guide you to peace, but he won't drag you there. He will steer you, but he won't push you. You have to be willing. His wisdom and his guidance will never steer you wrong. Listen to James 3.17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. You can trust in God's counsel. If you want more peace in your life, you need to learn to relate to God as your wonderful counselor. But you also need to take heart that he is mighty God. And that's our, that's our next point this morning, relating to God as our mighty God. Friends, write it down if you need to. However you need to, to memorize this. God is bigger and more powerful than any pro problem, illness, temptation, relationship, struggle, work problem, or anything else you have ever or will ever face. He is bigger. He is more powerful. He is able. He is with you. And He is for you. Would you remember those things today? There isn't a problem that you will ever face that is bigger than God. Nothing. Jeremiah 32, 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, is anything too hard for me? He created it all. He's bigger than your problems. And He's able to help you. And I believe He wants to because He is with you and He is for you. I find that I have a tendency to forget this truth and fight battles on my own. Anybody else willing to admit that? You just go headlong and I'm going to take care of this issue. I'm going to take care of this problem. And I often find myself making it worse. Because I try to take care of it all on my own. It's not, until I get, it's not until I am getting thoroughly whipped that I remember to go to God with my problems. Say, oh yeah, I can't do this on my own. And my God is a mighty God. He is a powerful God. And He can handle my problems. Friends, do you want more peace in your life today? Call on our mighty God earlier and more often in your times of trouble. Don't wait till it's spitting out of control. Discipline yourself to go to Him first. Discipline yourself to regularly be under His counsel and His direction, being willing to submit yourself to that direction and to that counsel. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We need more of that, and it's available to us. We need more of it, and it's available to us. 
Relating to God as our mighty God will help you remember that you are on the winning team and God is doing all of the fighting for you. Submit yourself to Him. Surrender to Him. Remember that He is your wonderful counselor. Remember that He is your mighty God and there is nothing that is more powerful or bigger than He is. No problem that you will ever face is bigger than our God. But we also need to remember, as the text says, that we need to be relating to our God as everlasting Father. Relating to Him as everlasting Father. Our friends, our co-workers, our Scots and our Bills in our lives, they come and go. Sometimes they're, they're fa- your family isn't always for you. Some of you have difficult family lives. Some of you have struggles finding friends that are for you. But God will always be there. He has always been there. He is there for you right now. He is that one constant in your life that you can always depend on. He is our everlasting Father. And I hope that gives you peace today. You serve the same God that in the Old Testament Joshua served. And if you want to look through all of these trials and stories of Joshua as he kind of takes the baton and takes the uh, leadership of the children of Israel over, which isn't a small task at all, you'll see lots of struggles that Joshua faced. But I want you to look and see though, that, that while Joshua's story is unique, God is the same God that Joshua served. And all of Joshua's troubles, as big as they were, were not too big for God. And they're not too big for him. Your troubles are not too big for him today. You serve the same God that Joshua served. But even Joshua needed reminded that God hadn't changed and wasn't going anywhere when he faced serious challenges. Listen to Joshua 31, verses 7 and 8. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his peop- this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Underline that sentence in your Bible. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. This is the same God that Joshua served that we serve today. And he will be with you and he will not forsake you. He is our everlasting father. Some of you today, you may lack peace in your lives because you have abandoned, you've been abandoned by someone. Somebody's not living up to their end of the bargain in your relationship and they have abandoned you and because of that, you're getting robbed of your peace. Maybe it's a spouse or a parent or a friend. But I want you to have hope today because God is your everlasting Father, which means He will never leave you or forsake you. Never. Do you need peace in your life today? Remember to relate to God as your wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and understand that He is the Prince of Peace. Some 700 years prior to Mary giving birth to the Messiah, the prophet Isaiah proclaims His coming. He would come in flesh, a physical representation of God. This word Prince, by the way, means just that, a representative of the King. A representative of peace has come into this world to give you peace in your lives. Jesus was the physical representation of peace. 
He could have come with armies, but instead he came in a manger. The King of kings and the Lord of lords could have come and brought judgment upon a people that were straying and continued to stray from, his, from what he had told them to do. Regardless of all of the wonderful things he had given them, had done in their, in their lives, in the lives of their ancestors, continued to stray. And we do the same, don't we? We do the same. He could have come on a horse and brought war and brought judgment. But instead, he came to give peace to the world. He, gave, he came to give you peace in your life. If you aren't at peace, I want to encourage you today to seek peace through the one, the only one, who can give it to you. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just so long as everything's going good in your life. That last part was just me. You see, I think we know this text, many of us who have been Christians and following Christ for any length of time. But for some reason, we don't grasp that peace like we ought to. For some reason, we miss out on this blessing of God. Sometimes I think it has to do with perspective. I don't think it has anything to do with ignorance. I think we know. But I think it does have something to do with our posture and the way we're relating to God. How are you relating to God today? Are you only thinking about your present troubles? Or are you remembering that God has overcome the world? That Christ has overcome these problems? That Christ has overcome death? That Christ has overcome sin? That He came some 2,000 years ago not to bring judgment at that time, but to give the world a chance at peace. Do you remember today that God is for you, that he will not forsake you, that he is with you in your present time of troubles? Do you remember today that God is for you, he is with you, he will not forsake you? We need to rehearse these things. Because we have an enemy whispering into our ear saying, you're never going to get out of this. You're never going to feel better. I know what you've done. I know all of your faults. You'll never satisfy God. You'll never be good enough. You can't trust anyone. We hear all of these lies whispered into our ears. Friends, that is not of God. That is of Satan. What does God say? He says, dear child, I am with you. I am for you. I will not forsake you. I am Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. I want good things for you. In fact, I've given these fruits of the Spirit, of my indwelling Spirit in your life that you can walk in, that you can live in. Just be willing to surrender yourselves to me because I won't put the bit in your mouth. Do you have peace today, friends? In order to receive peace that Christ came to bring, we must first submit to His Lordship. He is in charge, I am not. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith, have you put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you have, you have this peace that we can have with God. And if you can have and be at peace with God, you can be at peace in any situation in your life. I hope you know that today. You can only access the peace of God if you have accepted his peace. That's what I believe and that's that story I shared about uh, the union thing and Alan Margolis. I believe that the Spirit of God was speaking that into Alan's heart. You want to have peace? You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it's true for us today as well. I'm going to invite the band to come up on stage as we close. And as the band comes up, I have three brief challenges to wrap up today. First one is this. If you are not a follower of Christ, accept him today and experience peace this year in a way that is far greater than you ever have before. Haven't accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you want peace this year? You want peace with God? Accept him today. Next challenge, if you are a follower of Christ and you are not experiencing his peace right now, remember to relate to him as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. When we remember who God is and who we are in him, we can have peace. And finally, remember you, are, you represent, as a follower of Jesus, you represent Christ. And whether you are at peace or not, you are contagious. And that matters too. I'm going to pray and then we're going to have another song to close. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for all the wonderful things you are doing in our lives. But God, I thank you for these promises. That while things are hard, for those of us who have accepted you as our Lord and Savior, we can know that you are with us. We can know that you are for us. Even when it seems like you're not, God, we believe because you have proclaimed it in your word that you are for us, and we also believe that you will never forsake us. You are a good Father. You have given us good gifts. You want good things for us. In fact, you can work all things out for the good of those of us who love you. Help us to relate to you. Help us to relate to you as our wonderful counselor our everlasting Father, our mighty God, a Prince of Peace. And help us to be a unique people who walk in peace on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.